Hello, and welcome to another episode of Ponderings from the Perch, the Little Bird Marketing Company podcast. This is Priscilla McKinney, and I like to build this as the modern podcast for the modern entrepreneur and bring topics to you of experts that I know and like that will actually help you in your career. Real honest to goodness, practical advice. And today is no exception. This is going to be a great episode with someone that I've uh, met and come to know. And the, the expertise is going to just seep out of this episode. So get a couple of sponges and kind of put yourself around maybe some notes and uh, take a look, really a good hard look at your career and where you're going, because this is going to be chock full of great advice, expertise, and really insight about how to move your career to the next place. And I think that pertains to a lot of people who are listening who are leaders in organizations. I work with a lot of CEOs and marketing managers who are interested in actually bringing their people along a career path. And also, this is special for some of you in in in-house marketing and maybe sitting in an agency somewhere wondering, what's my next step? (laughs) How do I get there? Where do I see myself in a few years? And this is definitely an expert you want to listen to on this subject matter. So without further ado, this is Vivian Blade. Welcome, Vivian. Thank you, Priscilla. Great to be with you. Thanks so much for having me today. Well, I love talking with you. And it's so funny. We met several months ago now. Uh, Vivian and I share the same business coach, the lovely Christine Kane. And so through that connection, I just get to meet some of the most professional and poised world changers, really. And I loved talking with Vivian. And I got to tell you, this is what's so funny about it. I, as you all know, am a little bit of a nut job and I'm a little bit crazy and energetic. I don't know what words you want to use. If my producer were here, he'd probably interject a few. <laughs> but Vivian, I just loved your energy because you're you're actually very different from me. You're very poised, just an amazingly well-spoken individual. And you can see that you have a passion for what you do, just like within the first three sentences. And I really appreciated you being able to dive deeply very quickly about the kind of coaching and expertise you do. So we're going to let everybody hear so much more from you. Before I do that, though, real quick, some fun, how we're connected and a little bit of my fun Venn diagram. What we have in common, I have to say, is I think that you have a really deep and abiding love for company culture and carving that out. Would that be fair to say? Uh, Yes. (laughs) I read it all through your book. Also, what I love about your website, which you should go check it out. It's vivianblade.com. Super easy to get to. But I love your approach that your blogs and your resources are out there. They're free. They're amazing. They're detailed. And please go check out vivianblade.com. Click on the blogs and resources. You'll be really amazed and get a lot more out of this. So Vivian, tell us something fun about you before I get into major quiz mode about your massive expertise. Okay. I think probably something fun would be my love for Girl Scouting. I'm a big girl, Girl Scout, I guess. That <laughs> would be fun. I was the troop leader for my daughter when she was actually in the first grade. And she didn't like camping. I wasn't too favorable to camping, (laughs) but uh, decided I would have the attitude to either appreciate it and go have fun, or I could dread the whole weekend when we took our troop camping. So it ended up being something fun, and I just love Girl Scouts. I love being a big Girl Scout. I serve as the chair of the board of directors for the Girl Scouts of Kentuckiana. And so my passion is to help to develop the next generation of leaders and these young ladies who are up and coming. And we have 
lots of fun in Girl Scouting as well as do a lot of, of tremendous giving back with service and lots of leadership development as well. Well, that really fits in with just who you are in terms of helping people prepare for for even the corporate ladder, I mean, prepare for life, really. So I love how that's a, a great fit. So no, we don't have that in common. I think I moved around so much that, uh, you know, it was a different brownie troop or Girl Scout troop each year. And like, who knows what they were doing. <laughs> and I grew up in Europe and, you know, we'd go camping in Europe and camping in Europe is like one tent next to each other, next to each other, you know, city camping. Mm-hmm. It's just, okay. it's just, I, we can't afford the hotel camping. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, that's really fun. I literally, I enjoyed so much reading through your book and I could sit and, you know, chat with you about a lot of fun and funny things, but I have so much meat, so many questions for you. I really just want to just dive into it. Are you okay with that? Let's do it. (laughs) Well, Vivian has uh, written Fuel Forward. The subtitle is Discover Proven Practices to Fuel Your Career Forward. And uh, this thing is just full of amazing advice about really where do you start with looking at uh, where you want to be in the next two years and the next five years and carving out a plan for it. So tell me a little bit about how you came to this expertise, a little bit of your story and understand how you came to write this book, what you're trying to do. And I know you're speaking all over. You have quite an interesting and, and busy schedule. But tell us a little bit about how you came to write this and why this book. So a lot of these principles initially came from my background when I worked for GE. And I was a growing and aspiring professional there trying to move up the corporate ladder and had the opportunity through the GE Women's Network, through the GE African American Forum to get into professional development workshops and talks that allowed us to learn some of these principles that were little known principles for getting ahead in your career. Mm-hmm. So these were some of the things that people would, would, would talk about uh, some of these principles. Then as I got into business on my own, doing a lot of training and coaching with professionals and for corporations, I had a company, Johnson & Johnson actually reached out to me because they had seen that I it's doing training along these lines and reached out to me to do a series of webinars on these topics to some of their professionals. And from that, um, I was using what we learned when I was in GE was called the old pie model, performance image and exposures is what that was called. Interesting. And from that, I realized there were some misperceptions about that model. And then it was incomplete as well. So from that, I set out to discover were any of these principles still true as time had evolved? Right. Yeah. A lot of things have changed in the market, right? How had things changed? And what were the things that were missing? So what were people doing today as it related to moving their career forward? What was working and what was missing in that old, old pie model? And so from that experience, That's where Fuel Forward was born. From that research, it helped me to understand through interviews and through a survey that I did, what were those key principles. Mm -hmm. And that's why and how I put this book together. And, And, you know, I found that there are professionals who feel like they're not getting promoted as fast as they should. 
not getting to what they want to in their careers. They don't, they're not in the seat that they want to be in or in the role necessarily that is fulfilling for them or they're not really being recognized for their true value and the great work that they're doing and are just perplexed and puzzled about how to move up, how to get those promotions. And they get a lot of, of advice to you know, keep your head down, work hard, somebody's <laughs> going to notice you. But that is not true. You have to be very strategic about your career. And so realizing that people were frustrated and that they did not know. Most people don't have a clue about these principles. I decided that I had to publish this book to share these insights and these strategies with professionals so that they could achieve their dreams. Well, I do love it. And I have like several, I don't know, I've written down five or six as I was reading through the book saying, oh, let's let's talk a little bit more about this. But off the top of your head, when you really get into the meat of it, was there one insight that you had? Because you have several insights that really help people look at, a, at their career path from a very well-rounded perspective. But was there one that really meant more to you that was kind of a trigger to get you to write this? Or was there like one chapter or point here that you were like, this was me. This was the thing that, you know, that that I needed to hear or that I hear most often or I, I see most sorely lacking. Is there one or two that really stand out to you? Yeah, you know, I think there are a couple of things there. One is the fact that people think, and I thought too, that somebody else is responsible for your career. There's mm. an HR process. I was on the high potential track and worked you know, hard to, to be able to be on that, that high potential track. And your manager is responsible for helping to look out for the next position for you. And, and, you know, there are career paths and that you follow that. And then, you know, that's basically how your career goes. Right. And that is so untrue. We are responsible for our own careers. No two careers are alike. We have to speak up about what's important to us, what we're interested in, what motivates us, where our skill sets are, and where we would like for our career to go. Everybody has different personal and professional aspirations that that fit into that. I was just thinking, though, you know, I... I hear that and I, I see that that's really lacking. And then I see sometimes people come into it lopsided. Every once in a while, someone gets really in that and it's like, I'm going to advance my career and just, you know, go forward and plow this. And then what's lacking and what I like a lot of your insights about, they lack the insight of understanding the other side. What does the company need out of things? And being able to, you know, bring those two things together because, you know, it is, and I do see this, and correct me if you, if I'm wrong, because you get to talk to people about this a lot, but I see that a lot of times a little younger, where the first thing they get motivated to do is take control of their career, <laughs> and mm-hmm. but that's a beginning, and I, I hear so much of your expertise nuancing people into a deeper understanding of it that it's not just them. So how does that go to the next step of how do you balance the I'm in charge of my career I've got to figure out how to make this different and part of that is some creative thinking and also some soul searching right Mm -hmm. Um, but how do you balance that with what does my company need what is this you know what's going to what's going to be a long-term benefit for them why would they want to promote me and move me faster Mm -hmm. yeah Um, you know when when I was growing up in GE Um, One of our HR leaders, his name was Jeff Barnes. I remember uh, he was a great advisor, but he shared with us this Venn diagram 
that had this one circle was what the company needs, one circle was what your interests are, and then another circle was what your expertise and your skill sets are. And where all those come together was really the sweet spot. Mm-hmm. So you, know, you really have to understand that and why you're hired. Uh, companies look for talent that can deliver and be invested in their business objectives and goals and brings that skill set to the table mm-hmm. that they can deliver. It's all about, I like that Jack, Janet Jackson song, what have you done for me lately? <laughs> right. You know, what have you done for me lately? <laughs> I'll get my auto harp out, Vivian. We'll, right. we'll jam with that one. <laughs> Everybody know I'm a first soprano from, from that. But um, everybody else who's listening is like, oh, my gosh, please, Vivian, do something to keep her from getting the auto harp out. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. So we'll, we'll move on. Yes. Um, but, uh, yeah, so it is really um, understanding and what the company needs and finding that sweet spot. And sometimes if we don't find that right connection, mm-hmm. You know, it's best for all of us if we move on and, and find our best fit. Mm-hmm. Well, and I kind of interrupted you with with kind of augmenting that to that. So that's one one piece of it. Is there one other, because I'm just telling you right now, I got a lot of questions for you. Yeah. <laughs> so is there one other thing that, you know, really stands out to you um, before I just drill you with all of my questions about your book? <laughs> yeah, the, you know, the second principle there was uh, the reach principle. So in the yeah. model. As uh-huh. we get to talking about the, the model for fueling your career forward, mm-hmm. one of those key principles for advancing is reach, where we feel like, again, you know, we're just going to get noticed, but we have to be very, very intentional about uh, demonstrating what we can do, making connections to people, being deliberate about how we show up, mm-hmm. and our presence, our professional presence all of those things and we often take that for granted and just don't don't even really think about it well I I actually really love that part and that was one of my questions I had for you and really wanted to have you expand on it because I loved the feeling I got from your chapter about reach that really what you're preaching is authenticity in networking and in collaboration and in any kind of relationship I love that when you say well pay attention to how you show up what is it that you're trying to get, you know, from this? Of course, we're all trying to get something. And there's a strategic way to reach uh, people. But I love even in this, I remember I, I highlighted and it said reach. It's a tool, not a trump card. Mm-hmm. And it's not like reaching for people and grabbing this, this this grabbing feeling that you get from people in networking. Like, what can I get from you as quickly as possible? It's like speed dating gone awry. You know? mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I love that you bring in that kind of self-awareness, like considering how might you be observed in this connection right now? Mm-hmm. And being able to, even how you just said, when I grew up at, as I was growing up at GE, and I love that that mentality, it's a mindset to say, you know, we all are still growing up sitting in our careers. Mm-hmm. And one of the key elements about growing up is introducing that self-awareness piece. And I think when you were talking about reach, I have so many people who, as soon as I say the word networking, they're, oh, yeah, yeah. Because it feels like something totally out there, and a lot of people feel like they have to show up as someone different. 
Mm-hmm. So the introvert feels like they have to be this completely boisterous person, and the boisterous person's like, oh, i got to shut up and listen to people. You know, <laughs> like yeah. they, everybody hates it for their own reasons. But I heard you talking about reach as authenticity. So tell me a little bit more about that and how you came to that idea. Yeah, yeah because you have to be yourself. So that's very connected to the, the, the previous chapter or the principle around your reputation, right? Right, and and who you are, the authenticity in who you are and what you bring to the table, because you know people can see right through you if you are not being authentic. Mm-hmm. And I talk about in the relationships chapter the fact that first there's a level of familiarity. Am I familiar with somebody? But then do I also like them? There's that level of likability before you can move a relationship forward. Mm-hmm. So if you are not authentic, then you know people aren't even going to like you, and you can't move those professional relationships to a point where they are mutually beneficial mm-hmm. for your career, both in helping you advance as well as helping you get your work done mm-hmm. each and every day. So you know, reach is about, you know, and as you were talking about the different personalities, styles. And though you have to get yourself out there, you don't have to do it in such a way that you are being necessarily boastful. People won't like that at all. They won't like that about you. But that you're making connections, making connections in your way and beginning to form relationships with people so that they know you, know who you are, know what you bring to the table know what you are about Mm -hmm. so that then they can get to the point where they can respect who you are and then trust who you are and you can grow those those advocates for people who are sponsors for you in your career ultimately well it's interesting because i think that does segue really nicely we are going backwards for whatever reason but (laughs) it does segue nicely into like what you said about uh you know the the chapter before when you talk about your reputation and the biggest question in, that you posed in your book that I that really stood out and I thought was very helpful um, is the question, what do you want to be known for? Mm-hmm. And I think <laughs> that not many people could answer that right now. <laughs> and so then they run into, they r- rush into reach, trying to reach and reach and reach. But for what? Like, and so y- it is important, of course, you put it in the right order to talk about reputation first before reach. Um, but I feel like that is so common in our society right now. It's reach before reputation. Mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. you know, not really thinking about, wait a minute, what do I, what do I want to be known for when I, when I put myself out there first, what is it, what's unique about me? And you get into even personal brand, which I get, you know, asked to talk about all the time. And I, in a little bit, it's a trending topic. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, here you wrote this far, far before it trended. So good on you, Vivian. <laughs> good. Um, but you talk about like that personal brand bringing some consistency to the way that you show up, that Mm -hmm. requires some thoughtful work. And I do find, I'll I'll tell you a little bit about some failures that I have, because I am a very gregarious person. I'm I'm not, um, I I don't, you know, dread the networking and things like that. But I have to be careful because I can go in and wing it all the time. 
mm-hmm. without stopping, taking a step back and saying, what do I need to get out of these relationships here? And what could these people get out of me? How could I show up in a way that would be helpful to them? And how could I, you know, be of help and then get help? So how clear can I get about that? And I find that if I don't take a few minutes and just gather my thoughts, gather my, myself before I go into a meeting or even like, for example, you and I are in coaching sessions together. You think, mm-hmm. oh, that's just about you. No, if I gather myself, I might be able to do something that could be helpful to people around me mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. And I see like when you said, oh, as I was growing up at GE, I feel like that right now. As I grow, I'm growing up as a CEO, I realize that it matters how I prepare for meetings because mm-hmm. when I show up authentically, my reputation is built, but also I'm very clear with people about how I can help them and what kind of help I need. And it kind of opens up that dialogue with people. So tell me a little bit about two things I'd like to talk about is where you started that that question. What do you want to be known for? What's what What are some ways to help people? And then I'll remind you, the second question is, let's talk a little bit about personal brand and how that connects. But so starting with one, I know I'm so bad about like tacking like six questions on. So I'll make it a little clear. But the first thing is, how do you work with someone? If someone is listening right now is thinking, well, I don't know. I don't know what I want to be known for. What can they do just practically to begin going down that path? Mm-hmm. So as you think about that question in the context of your career, then you have to think about going back to our conversation too, about what is it that the company needs? Mm-hmm. What do I like to do? Where's my sweet spot, both in my preferences and in work and my preferences in terms of my skill sets and the expertise that I bring to the table and the experiences that I bring to the table. So with that, then you have an opportunity to really start to be thoughtful about what do I want to be known for in context of what are the things that I bring to the table? And how does that connect to the mission and the objectives of the organization? Because you have to make that connection for people. If you want them to think about you as uh, a capable leader, as high potential talent, as somebody we want to to watch, as somebody who, who may get tapped or considered seriously for the next position then you've got to know what your story is going to be about Mm -hmm. you and how that connects to what the organization is trying to accomplish. So I would say, first of all, if you don't know or not very clear on how your role and your work connects to those business objectives, where a lot of people don't, and our organizations and our managers don't necessarily make that clear. But one thing you can begin to do is, what's the connection of my work to the outcomes that the organization cares about as a starting point and then what do I bring to the party you know what are those skill sets the experiences that I bring to the party to help the company achieve that Mm -hmm. and then then you can define what do I want my reputation to be how do I want people to think of me in the context of being capable and able and uh, someone that's tappable, uh, right. someone that, that they can put their confidence in that can do the job and that can continue to develop and grow? So being thoughtful about those key questions, what's important to the company, how does my role fit in with that, 
And then what do I bring to the table to make that connection a significant contribution to the organization's objectives? I cannot tell you, Vivian, how much this section, I think, is at the crux of where you go. And I know that you wrote this for people to advance their career, but let me make this connection about how important this is as an entrepreneur, because Mm -hmm. I don't think your audience is only people who are in a corporate, and and we'll talk a little bit about how you really understood the hierarchy um, in, in different companies, but this doesn't just apply to people in the corporate environment. When I started reading these things where you're at talking about really practical tips about what do you want to be known for, I felt a huge sense of a sense of relief that a lot of the work that I had done on this, and of course, we are working always on branding, positioning statements, unique value, you know, all these kinds of mm-hmm. things. But there are a lot of times when I come to these things and realize, oh my gosh, we haven't done this work, you know. Mm-hmm. But the way you put it helped me really even go a little deeper, I think, with what I want to be known for. Mm-hmm. And I hope this is very helpful for other, I do have other agency owners and other entrepreneurs listening, but this is really important even if you don't have a boss. What do you want to be known for? Mm-hmm. For me, I tell all the time that I know what I do, what I bring to a company is that I demystify the marketing process. You know, agencies and marketing professionals in the past have made it a shame-filled minefield for Mm -hmm. business owners or marketing managers or CEOs to even understand what to do next in marketing. Literally, they cannot walk into the marketing topic without, in two minutes, feeling like they're totally stupid. Mm -hmm. And I feel like agencies and designers and a lot of people in this industry have done a lot to what I call embellish the mystique, like make it so, what is design? And what are the strategies? We will, we will come to the strategy. You know, they just talk in jargon all the time. And Mm -hmm. I'm constantly breaking down barriers of jargon. Oh, well, what SEO means is just simply this. Let me Mm -hmm. put this in layman's terms. Let me make you not feel stupid right now, because I think it's ridiculous how much this industry tries to make owners and managers feel stupid for what they don't know about marketing which Mm -hmm. is ridiculous because I don't know about their business. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I don't want to work with people who make me feel stupid for not knowing, you know, about their business, the nuances and be an expert in their field. That's why I get paid because I'm an expert in my field. Right. Yeah. As as entrepreneurs, we are enablers, right? Exactly. Empowerers. Empowerers. As opposed to let me take some power away from you and make you feel stupid so that you're beholden to me. And now I'd work this magic behind the curtain and you don't understand it. So when I really delve into that question about what do I want to be known for, you know, me as a personal brand and my company, I want to be known for people who are no nonsense, who get it done. We're very good on the execution, but we're known for taking things that are very complex. I'm not trying to say it's simple, but we take things that are complex and we keep the complexity to ourselves and we handle the complexity, but we don't hold it over our clients and act like they should be experts or only talk to them in ways that make them feel like, oh, I'll never understand this. (laughs) And I want to be known for someone who is helpful and demystifies the experience with the agency and demystifies how do I move my company forward? How do I get unstuck and become more profitable? And what are the marketing actions I need to take in order to go there? So that trickles down into personal brand. Mm -hmm. So then that means when I show up at a networking, I can't go in talking jargon and making myself sound important. 
<laughs> I need to right. check my ego at the door right. and just be inquisitive and be curious and be helpful. And when you said, I love that you you use this word tappable, mm-hmm. you know, and people say approachable, but I like to tappable better because it's like when they do have a problem, they know they can just tap on my shoulder and say, hey, how about you? Mm-hmm. Right. I, right, you come I, to mind. Yes, you come to mind, and and nobody feels like they're gonna be doing it. Like they're you're gonna they're gonna tap on my shoulder, and I'm gonna turn around and go, "What?" Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, right. I'm gonna say, "Oh, what what was that?" And be curious <laughs> about where they're at. Mm-hmm. So I I really love that that part of the book, and I think it is just it can be taken into so many different areas from entrepreneurship, um, you know, to, you know, large corporation. So talk a little bit about like, if you can get to where you, where you are, where you understand what you want to be known for, and you can show up that way to your boss, show up that way to work. How, talk with me a little bit about your thoughts on personal brand and what you teach about personal brand. Yeah. And so that's why, this whole chapter and this this principle of the fuel forward model is all about reputation. You know all the things that you talked about, because it's more than just your brand piece. Your personal brand is a piece of your overall reputation. Mm-hmm. And I like that you asked about that question: um, what you want to be known for. So yeah, your personal brand. Then, as you think about who yourself is and what you bring to the table and what you want to be known for, you have to think about um, what are those key characteristics of my brand. So I talked a little bit uh, a minute ago about you know, skill sets that I bring, the experiences that I bring, but also what are the elements of who I am, my personality, how I interact and engage with people, the principles and the values that are a part of what shapes me and who I am. And how do I demonstrate those elements of who I am? So your personal brand begins to encompass a variety of elements that then allows us to, to share that through our interactions who we are, uh, demonstrate it in our work. And when you say demonstrate it, um, talk to me a little bit about some of the consistency elements that are in the demonstrate. (laughs) Because I see a lot of people kind of like, oh, you know, it's a fleeting thought, you know, and like, oh, I should be really helpful. And so they, you know, sometimes are helpful, but then it's really not become a part of their personal brand. So there are a lot of times when they don't follow through on it. So talk a little bit about the importance of consistency in personal brand. Mm-hmm. If you're going to have a brand or a reputation, your reputation is either going to be that it's consistent, I know who you are and what you represent, or I'm confused because you're different things at different times and I can't get my head around who you are. Mm-hmm. It's just like the principles that you as a marketer teach your clients and the companies that you represent and build a brand around. Mm -hmm. And so the same thing goes for your professional brand. So you have to be consistent and and decide, deciding what that's going to be. What are the values and the principles that I stand on so that I can be consistent and that becomes part of who I am, not just something that I do. Mm-hmm. So that in my daily daily interactions with people, whether formal or informal, 
when I don't think that somebody's watching me <laughs> and I'm, you know, walking down the hall or sitting in a meeting or, you know, casually conversing with someone that I'm consistent in who I am, that my work ethic and the quality of the work, the value that I bring to the table, my level of accountability and responsibility are at levels which are consistent and people can depend on me for doing what I say I'm going to do. And not doing that just right before the annual review. Right, right, right. (laughs) Or I would say to extend that also for a lot of entrepreneurs who are listening, uh, also, you know, a lot of times we feel the pressure of putting on every hat where everything to all people. And that is the biggest thing I deal with with solopreneurs all the time is getting them to to realize that that is actually not helpful. It is brings so much confusion to the table. And that's why they don't book enough clients because clients don't really know what exactly they stand for because they're standing for so many different things. Mm-hmm. And so they don't they, they when people are confused the gut reaction is paralysis. And I think that that happens in HR and big corporation too. If you keep telling your boss like 16 different things, oh, I'm this, I'm that, I'm things that are the opposite ends of a spectrum. I'm very creative. I'm very detail-oriented. I'm very, the, you know, it, you know, I'm not saying these are mutually exclusive ca- uh, categories, but when the message is not clear to the employer, they don't know really almost how to frame this person or think of this person. Mm-hmm. And too right. much information and too much unique qualities, you know, all over the board is not a personal brand. Just because it seems kind of crazy and personal, you know, that that consistency is so huge. Two other questions I have, I, really one more of a comment. And if you want to add to it, please do, because it was one thing that I thought, you know, I need to come back and read this. You were talking about advancing your career in this type of a situation, and in some ways it hit home a little bit with me about the idea of how this is different in a small company than it is in a large company. And it made me pause and say, okay, Priscilla, you need to reflect on that a little bit as far as people being able to see, how do I advance here? Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, if you're at GE, you're thinking, well, you know, the sky's the limit here. You know, it just there it goes up and up and up and up. But you mentioned in there just this one little line about in a small company, the hierarchy tends to be flat. Mm-hmm. So talk right. a little bit about what you would say to someone in that type of a position. Thinking about yourself in a small business environment, think about the investment, the critical even more critical investment that a small business owner makes in every individual they hire Mm -hmm. or contract with on their team. It has much more significance usually and weight on that small business owner than oftentimes when you have lots of people in a big company. Mm -hmm. Though neither is less important than the other, and your seriousness of what you contribute is is just as important in a, in a big company, even though there might be more people as it is in a small company. But your ability then to move forward in a career, as if you are working in a small environment, extends itself to being able to get more responsibility. Mm-hmm. You may be hired for one thing, but think about what a small business owner needs from you. Priscilla, you talked a minute ago about all the different hats that entrepreneurs wear yes. and trying to do everything. <laughs> that so was the voice at, of experience, and yeah. also there were tears coming out of my eyes. Absolutely. <laughs> we are all there. We yeah. are all, I talk about that. I said, I, mm-hmm. I wear all these different hats. So we need capable people 
who yes. can be on our team and who are invested, invested in their role, invested in the success of our business and feel a part of, of what we're trying to accomplish. Mm-hmm. So with that, you bring your best to work every day, doing the best job that you can and grow your experience, you often have the opportunity to get a wider array of experience from working in a smaller environment. But I, as an entrepreneur, also have to get to the point where I can trust that. And I know that about you. Mm -hmm. I know that you're invested and that you are building those skills, you're building those experiences, and that you can handle greater responsibilities. But just look at that opportunity, though, that you have as a professional to really grow your skill set in that type of environment and can rapidly gain experiences that you can continue to leverage for the environment you're in or as you grow your career and, and want to do bigger things maybe later on, the toolkit that you'll have to carry yourself forward. Right in the future. Well, and I, you know, I have worked very, very hard to get this team I have, but I am not kidding. My team is ridiculous. Good. (laughs) I mean, they are so, they have that mentality. That's a big part of our culture. I'll turn around and things like even landing pages that I had, you know, I'm already done. I've already proved I've, you know, all of a sudden the other day I was on a call, I went over to a landing page and all of a sudden somebody's got this live video going on it. And I'm like, Hey, 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 I called out to my creative bit. Who did this? Who did this? You know, and someone comes forward and, you know, they, oh, it was so-and-so's idea and I executed. I never even asked for this thing to be done. Yeah. But they're looking for those ways to, you know, enhance the company without being asked. And I cannot express yes. how amazing that is, mm-hmm. you know, to have employees that are that critical to my day-to-day Mm-hmm. And yet think outside the day to day. Of course, was this good enough? Yes, it was. Was it what I expected? What I, what I asked for? Yes. But why not revisit it without my asking only to know that at some point I'll stumble on it and, you know, be amazed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I love that yeah. mentality. And that kind of goes back to what do they want to be known for? They want to be known for excellence. They want to be known for doing something above and beyond what I have asked. And that is so critical to me. So I have a lot of people, you know, it's like, well, I did what you asked, you know, mm-hmm. and, and I'm mm-hmm. telling you, those people don't work here anymore. <laughs> yeah. Right. I know right. you did what I asked. I see that. <laughs> Yeah. But the people who advance and, you know, and, and I've even said to people, it's like, I want you to do these things not only because it's good for the company, but because you are going to learn a new skill and you may not be here forever. And that's that's okay. I, of course, want everybody that I ever want to work with me to work with me forever. But I also have this sense of, but I want to better you what if you did find the ultimate job and it was even better for you? Yeah. I'd love for you to leave here going, wow, my experience at Little Bird was what made this possible. And right. to be so grateful for that. And I know I would get good work out of them and let them go. <laughs> Pretty much everybody who's on my team right now, I'd, I'd, I'd be tempted to lock them up and say, I'm sorry, you cannot go. <laughs> <laughs> right. No, we want to do that. And, you know, that they are invested in the outcomes for your customers. They are. And they want, even I've had several of them, several of them here have left higher paying jobs or have gone to a longer commute or things because they want to be here because they see that what they actually do today impacts us. 
Yes. Mm-hmm. And they want that feeling. And I'm like, great, I want you to have that feeling. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. So right now I'm standing at a very good place in that, but I feel a lot of the pain. And I really, I wish that I would have read your book many years ago, because I think I would have been able to understand these very nuanced areas and mm-hmm. been able to communicate with my employees better about what I was looking for. That's what I hear. And I just, it, yeah, it's great for the person who's trying to advance their career, but it is so good for leaders to read to say, okay, what are they looking for? And how could I develop excellence in the people that are working, right. you know, for me? And, you know, we have to, as leaders and as business owners, really establish a culture around that. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, especially as entrepreneurs and small businesses, we are so caught up in just the day-to-day and trying to take care of customer needs and demands and we forget about the people who work for us and the fact (laughs) that they are there not only to do their job but also to fulfill what's important for their lives which are both professional and personal and so we have to create an environment that helps them to achieve that. And a lot of these principles that we talk about here in the book Fuel Forward are principles around our culture that we establish as leaders so that our professionals feel safe in utilizing these principles, that we are also proactive in allowing these principles to surface. Right. And so it's it's incumbent upon us if we want people who are are feeling like they're being fulfilled and doing meaningful work and growing and expanding and reaching their dreams, we have a responsibility in it as well. Yeah, and you can't then be a transactional employer. I give you this, you give me that. You give me, I give you this, you give me that. This back and forth, it's just like it's not a real recognition of the dynamic personal relationship you can have and see people as whole people. I think it's likened to you get the kind of fish that merits from the kind of bait you're using. (laughs) So you, if you are transactional with employees and just see them as pawns in your plan, they will then use you as a pawn in their career plan. Right. <laughs> right. Um, oh. Well, the last thing I really like to ask, and I know your book doesn't deal with this, but I'm just kind of curious from your experience. I know you are out speaking all the time. You're not only dealing with people who are looking to advance their career, but all of your speaking gigs tend to be more the building leadership and helping people develop cultures that are cultures of excellence and how do we, where do we go as a team type of thing. And, and if you want to book Vivian, just head on over to vivianblade.com and you can get all the information there. But because, yes, you have this expertise and then you're out teaching and I know your blog is excellent. So if anybody wants to follow the blog, you just really, I think that you really tackle a mindset shift through your blog that helps people just really rethink their career and rethink their professional development techniques, maybe. And I, I see you on LinkedIn all the time. But my My question to you is this, do you see a difference generationally of what needs to happen with the younger generation, you know, since based on your experience after having written the book and like you said, the surveys, a lot of questions you've asked people and then dealing with a lot of big corporations what are you hearing about the generational differences? What are your thoughts? Not to generalize, overgeneralize, right. you know, first of all, but um, we know that there are differences in the the preferences and the um, a culturalization of different generations. Mm-hmm. 
And so what I find in younger generations, sort of your millennial generation, is that they really want to accelerate their career, where some of your more mature generations are earned growth after years of experience (laughs) and right, Mm -hmm. uh, no, and, and doing your time, paying your dues in your role, you earn the right to move up. Whereas uh, there are levels of less patience among some of the millennial generation. Um, But what we have to do as leaders then in that environment is realize that as employers, either small businesses or large companies, and not necessarily cookie cutter for um, the masses, but also think about what the needs are for each of the different generations where you can build in experiences that are shorter term for some of the younger generations. This is your future future leadership pipeline. right? And so I focus a lot with organizations on making sure that they have the right infrastructure to develop their pipeline, their leadership pipeline. And part of their challenge is keeping great talent Mm -hmm. because millennials also don't believe they're going to work for somebody for 30 years like many of our (laughs) parents did or some of us who have really long-term careers with companies. Right. So we have to both help fulfill the need for shorter-term experiences where they learn and grow, but they also have the opportunity to contribute to the company in those roles. All of those moves will not necessarily be up the corporate ladder or up the small business ladder, Mm -hmm. they will be gaining lateral experiences. And that's fine. And that is a great way for people to get to know more about the organization and how it works in different pockets of the company. Mm -hmm. So some of it may not be different positions when you move laterally. Some of it may also be expanded levels of responsibility in the same role. Mm -hmm. So you have to be creative in that, but you can't be stagnant or you will lose people. Right. I do think that's really an interesting point. You can't be stagnant because I do think that the uh, younger generation and we could argue all the time about, is it because they're millennials or is it just because they're young? (laughs) But they, they really need a lot more communication. They need to hear from you like 18 times more than you think they do. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> so then I guess feedback. that's the question of, you know, yeah. do you have a culture that, that has feedback? Well, um, that's just my last little dig because we talk a lot about millennials and we I, I always try and have people on, you know, just on these subjects. How does it relate to their field of expertise and how they're handling, you know, new generational uh, challenges? And so I, I appreciate you just interjecting a little bit into that yeah. ongoing right. dialogue we've had. Let me, <laughs> let me add one more thing yeah. uh, to that and, and, and go back, though, in spite of those differences, fundamentally, when we talk about the fuel forward model, yes. those principles principles are the same. So I want people to remember that they are foundational, where your foundation of the uh, expertise and the experiences and therefore the execution that you bring to the table back to the what have you done for me lately is Mm -hmm. foundational to any career. And then building on top of that with your reputation, the reach that you have and, and making those connections and building that visibility, and then the relationships that you have 
that help you to form those partnerships that you need both for career growth and for getting the job done every right, day. Right. So those are foundational no matter what generation you're in, but how those principles look and are designed to move different generations through their career is what has some differences. Oh, I, I I could not agree more. And I really, I mean, reading this, I, I, I that's how I felt. I felt like these are just, these are absolutely fundamental um, issues about just dealing with people and dealing with yourself. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> so Vivian, thank you so much. Uh, this has been Vivian Blade. She's an author. She's a speaker. She's a co- coach. She consults. Um, she's done amazing work for very large corporations. And um, you have to check out her book. It's called Fuel Forward. Discover proven practices to fuel your career forward. And like I said, it's just equally for someone looking to get their career on track and for people developing leaders and helping other people achieve their goals so that the company as a as a an entity can go forward and um, and move forward with greater profitability and and an amazing culture, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. So check her out at VivianBlade.com. Like I said, she's got so many great resources. Her blog is really a hidden gem. It, there's just there's so much there, but you can go out on Amazon and and buy the book and I think you'll really enjoy it. It'd be a great deep dive for you and your team. I think you'll appreciate a lot of her insight and and really it's a it's a mindset I think that you bring to the table. So any of I know that you're out on LinkedIn a whole lot. Any other mm-hmm. particular way you'd love for people to connect with you? There is also a group on Facebook that is called Fuel Forward, just like the book, F-U-E-L-F-O-R-W-A-R-D, Fuel Forward. And I share different articles and things that I see that I think would be helpful for professionals as they're growing their careers. Mm -hmm. Um, So feel free to uh, join that Facebook group and uh, Twitter sometimes, at Vivian Blade on Twitter as well. And uh, there are also free resources that go along with the book. So fuelforwardbook.com slash resources is where you can get a plethora of free resources that accompany the chapters in the book that allow you to build your personal career plan. Awesome. Well, Vivian, I'll go join the Facebook group today. Super. (laughs) Thank you so much, Vivian, for coming on and and giving your awesome expertise. I know this is very helpful for my listeners and um, and I hope they get the book and and get a little bit deeper into what you do. So for Ponderings from the Perch, the Little Bird Marketing Podcast, this has been Priscilla McKinney along with Vivian Blade today. So make it a great day. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.